Hi, um, there hasn't been another session for a while that I felt compelled to keep going with the podcast. Sorry for that. But there's one thing that really feels authentic to me, which is uh, I don't just want to do the podcast um, to talk, talk about things that I feel deeply connected with, but also... You know, maybe you know that you kind of like start putting stuff out there. And at one point it becomes this, oh, I have to keep going. And um, yeah, there's something about this. I have to keep going that also makes me lose a little bit the reason why I have actually started talking, you know, and it doesn't mean that it's not important for me to share that and, and that I appreciate everyone who is listening but at the same time I don't want it just to be about that I want it to come really truly from the inside of who I am and and that the reason is not to attract more listeners or to do it because you have to keep going and do a series every week otherwise people will not listen to it because if that's not feeling authentic to me why keep going and you might ask yourself why am I talking about that but um You know, I realized that I felt really bad about not keeping going and like I, I did I did three parts and then I just stopped it without saying anything and it felt like, do I have an obligation to keep going or if I don't keep going, what does that actually mean? So in a way, it fits perfectly to what I want to talk about today, which means what's your authentic part? Yeah, what, what feels authentic to you? And... Um, And can we actually access our authentic voice? Do we know what we really want versus what we're supposed to do? And that sounds really easy, but it's not. It's, at least I feel it's, it's a really difficult thing to know what's really authentic for me. What's an authentic expression of myself every day that I'm walking around? And, and, and what is it that I just do because there's an expectation from the outside Even if that expectation is not real, but that's like kind of like in the back of my mind, I feel that expectation almost like, you know, a weight on my shoulders that is kind of like giving me a bad look if I'm not doing it, a certain thing. And, and the other thing is that very often we do things because there's unwritten rules. And um, I spoke about that already. I'm a total business person. And at the same time, I also love to just be and to explore how can I just be more uh, which will definitely be another uh, see like part of the series to to look into how does it work to just be and what is that quality about but today is all about authenticity and what's interesting for me is um I've elaborated about this and I want to just like share it again. It's been really hard for me to understand in the business world to be really truly authentic. And what does that even mean to be truly authentic? And one of the reasons why I think I've always like been passionate to support others to find their authentic way is because it was really really hard for me to find my own authentic way and I had a really hard time doing it and I feel I'm still fighting for it so that's funny you know maybe you know that I'm actually sometimes I feel like I have to actually fight to be who I really am 
And at the same time, um, there's a sense that if I would be totally 100% the way I am and show it all, show myself fully, there's a sense of, I don't think people will like me if, if I would do that. Isn't that interesting? Like we feel like people won't like us when we will really truly show them all parts of ourselves. And that has a lot to do with, maybe you have heard of, um, already, um, what helps us to really unravel also those things that we literally neglected about ourselves is shadow work. But you don't really have to do full-on shadow work if you don't want to. But I just want to bring it in because it fascinates me to, to look into shadow work. Um, because what does that mean? Shadow work sounds like, oh, these are my shadows. Um, uh, and we kind of synonymously uh, think um, shadow work means these are all our bad traits, is all the things that are not so good about us. But really what shadow work means is... What are judgments that I put on myself that have literally, you know, cut off from me, from me as a person, the things that I don't like about myself, the things that I feel even ashamed about myself, the things that I feel no one should ever see them. And I give you an example that is really true to me, which is anger. I feel I've always had... Um, a lot of rejection about anger in general. Like anger was for me a bad thing. Expressing anger was not a good thing because it would hurt myself, it would hurt others. So in general, that was kind of like the thing. If you think about the business world, expressing anger in any form of way is usually felt as inappropriate or much too emotional and it has no space somewhere. So I feel like... People running around having anger, but there's no space to really put it. So what we do we do? We suppress it. And that's what I did. I suppressed my anger for a long time. And I think I still do it. Because that's kind of like something I don't want to have. Also, I don't want other people to see me as angry. And it's something I'm really ashamed of. And I really judge myself when it comes out. Because what makes me feel about myself is I'm not a good person. I've been angry at someone. That's not, you know, that's not what you should do. So I shame myself a lot around anger. So what shadow work suggests, and that's really fascinating to me, is those things that we literally split apart from our personality, the things that we don't want to see about ourselves, the things that we put into, literally put into our own shadow so much that we can't even see them about ourselves anymore. They are also part of our, you know, strength and, and the most authentic expression, the most powerful expression of each human being, which means And that's for me, like, I'm using anger because for me it's a really good example and I kind of like had aha moments with it. Because when I have access to my anger as, you know, not as like, oh, there's anger and I'm angry, blah, 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 but really as a form of energy that comes through my body and wants to express itself. So when I not push it back, but rather just let the anger be with me and let it be that, you know, 
kind of like discomfort in my body, what happens then, and that's interesting, is the anger transform into something different. It transforms into, actually, I feel much more powerful in such a moment when I can access my anger. Also, it's a really great boundary setter. So over time, what I found is that anger is is coming up for me whenever I need to set a boundary, whenever I need to say a clear no, or whenever I need to say stop to a situation. And when I'm not rejecting it in that moment, say, oh, I don't want to have that anger, that anger is not appropriate, I shouldn't express it, but really befriend that anger in that moment, what happens is I can you know, have a real amazing moment of boundary setting or stepping into my full anger. But at the same time, I'm still in love with that person in front of me. I'm still in compassion with that person, which means the anger doesn't go against myself or someone else, but it's actually just an expression of what's true. And that's so powerful. And, you know, every time I don't suppress my anger, but I really connect with it and, and then, you know, take it and have a connection with that and with the other person, what happens to me is um, I feel really authentic in that moment because I feel really good about saying my truth, setting a clear boundary. And at the same time, I feel good about it because I haven't like literally hurt someone. So that's a really interesting thing because... It took me ages to even allow anger to be there. And maybe you know that for yourself. So there's many kind of like character traits or things that we really hate about ourselves or ashamed are ashamed of that we cannot just open up to. And, um, you know, many of you might ask yourself, how can I even get into knowing my own shadows? And that's really not so easy because they are shadows because we can't even see them. So what helps us to access our shadows is obviously always to the like interaction with other people. Because what it does um, is it kind of reflects the things that we don't want and like about ourselves. It reflects it in others. That might sound a bit far back to you, but maybe you just start observing that. Um, so whenever you feel really angry about the behavior of a person that you're close to, or just like any kind of person that you encounter in your life, it could be a colleague, your boss, whatever, look into or ask yourself the question, what part of this do I not like about myself? It's a really interesting question. It's fascinating to look into that. And, in, and so I've been doing this for quite a while, really like looking into what am I not liking in the outside. And then I loop it back and look into what does that mean about inside, my inside. Where is the judgment that I carry about myself not being good enough, not being nice enough, whatever it is, you know, what is it that I hate about myself doing it? And that's why I point the finger to someone outside doing it because it annoys me. But when I look deeper, it's like what really annoys me is the fact that I still carry this inside of me. Um, give you another example, integrity. And that's, I think, a good example for me is like integrity is really important to me, like to walk my talk. But 
you know, like everyone who wants to walk their talk, we all know it's not always so easy. Why it sounds good on paper, it sounds good in my, you know, in the head of my mind, but it is in the end so not easy. It's sometimes the most difficult thing to to be in integrity with what we actually want. You know, and so sometimes we found our, find ourselves not fully 100% being in integrity or doing the things that we actually talk about. And that's only human. But the interesting thing is, is so if integrity is a really important value of us, then we judge everyone who we see in the outside who is not in integrity. And maybe uh you become a really good spotter of other people's not fully doing what they talk about and i'm a really good spotter of that so the fact that i can spot that so well says much more about myself than about the other person because it just means it's really important to me and i'm really strict to myself about not being in integrity which if I go deeper, means I'm judging myself very quickly if it's not 100% what I said before or what I want to be in this world. And 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 so, like, if I think a really interesting learning from that is no judgment of anyone else. So if you're, someone judges you and you feel really annoyed about that, just remember that no judgment of anyone else can be more than the judgment that we give ourselves, which means if someone judges my integrity and I get really hurt by that, it means I, inside of myself, judge myself a hundred times more about not being in that integrity. And that's, that's why it's hurt so much, because I believe it's true. And I believe even if you could see the whole person of me, you would see much more of those places where I'm not in integrity and I hate myself for that. So I kind of like, I hope you get my point here. And um, and so we all have these hidden stories. We all have these hidden judgments about ourselves. And when other people bring them up, they make us furious. So um, the good thing about it is the more we can actually integrate these shadows, integrate, learn from others what we hide about ourselves, we can make peace with them. We can make peace, we can love about them, but also we can accept them as a part of us and, and accept them as a really beautiful part of us. Maybe even as something that makes us special, something that makes us the character that we are and when it comes to being authentic, walking our authentic way, it's it's so interesting that we uh, we as humans, and I think it's it's very very deeply rooted in the business world. There's something about we want to be a hundred percent. We want to be the perfect person, right? And and the more because that's what is valued, right? The better we become, the more we succeed, the more we achieve. Um, that's when people say, wow, that's amazing. But if we haven't actually done something, people wouldn't give us that. And for, so for some reason, what c becomes deeply ingrained, ingrained in, inside of us is, oh, that's the only way I'm, I'm being loved fully. It's the only way I get the recognition. But it's obviously also inside of us that we maybe think sometimes we're not lovable 
when we are not achieving something, achieving the perfection. And what we do is we start hating our imperfection. But like, so one call out to everyone who hears that, hears that and feels similar to that. We are all imperfect. No one of us is ever going to be perfect. And to allow ourselves to be imperfect is such a relief. I always feel like it gives me such a deep, deep, deep relief. Such a deep relief of I can just be myself. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to be better, succeed or anything. I can just be myself. And I can fail And that's the interesting thing about being authentic, which means sometimes we fail. And part of being authentic is we're not good in everything. And no one is good in everything. I don't know where we came to believe that everyone has to be good in everything. That's like so unrealistic. No human being is good in everything. And like, so instead of trying to be good in everything because everyone else We feel everyone else is so good in everything. We could just allow us to not be as good in this, this and this. But we are really good in this, this and this. And together we can complement each other, right? So in, 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 in the business world, um, it's the same thing. We feel like, oh, if I'm the boss, I have to know it all. I have to stand beyond everything. I can't be a failure. Um, my team always has to think or I always have to pretend in front of my team that I know everything. I know the answer to everything and I know how to deal with every situation. And what that does is it puts a lot of pressure to the leader. And also what it does is it lets the leader being becoming really inauthentic, you know, because the leader can't show their real feelings. They can't show that they are vulnerable sometimes as well. They can't show, wow, this situation X, Y, Z really pressures me right now. It doesn't feel good to me. And... Um, so one of the things that was important for me when I became a team manager was to actually start talking about the things I'm not good at, start being open about my weaknesses. And, you know, it was kind of like just an experiment. I just wanted to, you know, almost release myself from the burden of having to be good in everything. And uh, I, I totally forgot about doing it actually at one point. So I just kept doing it, but not because I consciously did it. I just forgot about that I once tried to do that. And what happened to me was really incredible, or I think that was one of my biggest aha moments. So um, we had a new member in our team. And after a week, this uh, person, I had a conversation with him and I wanted to know, how is it going? How was your first week so far? And what he said was incredible. He said to me, you know what? I was so nervous to work here and I thought everyone is so good and I don't know if I'm good enough. But you all are so honest about what you can't do and what you're not good at that I feel I can just be myself. Wow. And I thought in that moment, I thought, wow, that's such an amazing moment. Is that such an amazing moment that someone... Um, says that they can just be themselves. And when I looked around, because I wasn't really recognizing that, the whole team was speaking openly about their weaknesses, their problems, the things that didn't go well, um, the failures. 
because without really consciously doing it, the fact that I did that gave somehow permission to everyone else to do it and that became our culture, which was really interesting. What was also interesting is when I uh, handed over my job to, uh, you know, like I quit my job and I handed it over, that the person that came after me was like, why is everyone speaking so much about problems? It's almost feeling like very negative culture. And I was like, that's really interesting because I thought we're just authentically talking about what's there. So it was interesting to me to see also how um, some people think that's very negative and it's not constructive. And, um, and so I just want to, you know, make a pledge for let's be more authentic about how it's going for us in work and life, you know, talking about the fact that, you know, work nowadays and life nowadays can be challenging and it can be really overwhelming because there's so much going on. There's so much more information out there. It's so fast that we can take a break once in a while. And what it does is it makes us less authentic, of course, because what does it mean? We have to function. We have to function no matter what. So it means we can't really truly be with what's going on for us. We can't really dive into the feelings of exhaustion or overwhelm or whatever it is. Or maybe I can't do it. I'm not good right now. I'm whatever it is. Because we feel we have to always be in 100% functioning. But people, my pledge is we're not a machine. No one of us is, is a machine. We're human beings and it means we cannot handle everything the same way. And there's sometimes phases in our lives when we can't do as much as in other phases. And to allow that to ourselves, to be honest with, you know what, right now I'm not feeling really a lot of energy. Or right now... I'm not really inspired or today I am super inspired and I want to rock this today. So whatever it is, it's not only the negative, but the real authenticity comes when we drop all these outside expectations that we allow to control our behavior and our own so I would say the expectations, even if we feel they're coming from other people, mainly they are our own expectations that we put on us. But of course, if we look back into our childhood, what created these expectations very often is a behavior that our parents gave us, right? When we did certain things, our parents said, good boy, good girl or bad girl boy, bad girl, right? And that's something that deeply ingrains in us. Or when our parents only gave us attention when we did something, what we obviously, you know, save in our minds and in our system is we are only worth something if we do something. If we are if our parents were only, you know, telling us that we are the good girls, if we were behaving and doing exactly what their rules wanted us to do, that's then what we save. But that's not always true to ourselves. That's not really what we want in life. Very often what's really important to us goes against that. And that's why it's so hard for us, for every one of us, to step outside of that. Because we haven't learned that no matter what, 
we are lovable. Which means no matter what people will see about us, no matter what we are bringing out of the hiding, out of the shadow, we are still lovable and maybe even more lovable. So my pledge goes also into, I believe, we are even more lovable when we show us with our full spectrum of imperfection, of authenticity, of not having great hair every day, um, sometimes having not such a nice skin, um, whatever, not, not having, you know, a body uh, like in, in movies, you know, all these things that we don't want people to see about ourselves. That's what makes us pretty. That's what makes us special. And maybe sometimes you see these people where you're like, where does this person have that self-confidence where there's no such perfection that I see in that person? And I strongly believe it's because they have made their peace with themselves saying, I'm exactly the way I am. I love myself the way I am. And I know this sounds so cheesy, but that's really something. Like the authenticity comes from true self-love and kindness to ourselves, from allowing ourselves to be exactly as we are. And authenticity is something that we can feel when we are in it. We know when we are in our own authenticity because it feels real. We know when we are in our authenticity when we feel like I don't even have to put effort into pretending or being something. I can just be myself. I don't have to dress in a certain way. My hair doesn't have to look in a certain way. You know, one of the things... Um, that made it really hard for me to find my authentic way in childhood was I grew up um, in Bavaria, um, in Germany, and um, as one of the only like foreigners in this region. And um, so it was very clear to me, okay, I'm different than anyone else. And um, like I had a real identity crisis because I didn't really know who I was. In Germany, everyone asked me where you're from because it was very obvious optically, you know, when you looked at me, okay, I have, you know, dark hair, darker skin than everyone else. My name was different. So it was clear to people that I wasn't German. When I went to Tunisia, it was clear to people that I wasn't Tunisian because I didn't look like that. But what it did over time was really like questioning for myself, who am I? And I always wanted to belong. So what I did is I hated the fact that I had these curly hair. And I started to straighten my curly hair. For a long time, I started to straighten them because I wanted to look like everyone else. I wanted to have these straight, ideally blonde hair, but I did never get to blonde because it just didn't, it just looked ridiculous on my hair. But Anyway, so one of the biggest steps for me to be authentically me was to actually not straighten my hair anymore. And every time I didn't straighten my hair, but I have had them curly as they were, I didn't like it. I did not like it. I hated these curly hairs and I always felt I don't look as beautiful when they are curly. That was my belief. But what it did is, in so many situations, I couldn't fully be myself because 
think about that, it started to rain and I dyed and straightened my hair, which meant I could never run around in the rain. Also, it was really difficult for me to go swimming and all that stuff because I knew I had to straighten my hairs afterwards. So there was this constant thing of straightening my hair that actually controlled so many parts of my life. It controlled so many parts of my life. And like only when I said, you know what, I'm just not going to straighten them anymore, did I realize how much time I spent day in, day out thinking about, can I go out? Do I have an umbrella? Do I have the right jacket in case it rains? Blah, blah, blah. So many thoughts and so much energy went into hiding my curls. Yeah, and, and, and you know, today I'm, I'm like, I'm not, never going to straighten them again. Of course, like, like occasionally, maybe I would do that. But it's not, it's not coming into my mind anymore that there's something I have to do every day. And I love that. I really love, love the fact that I was able to accept my curly hair. And, um, and it wasn't an easy one. I, it really wasn't. And many people only knew me with these straight hair. So... I felt really embarrassed when I came to the office and, you know, the first time with this curly hair. And, you know, at that time, I already, you know, taught mindfulness as a 20% project within Google. And, um, and I still remember that people already thought I was a little bit like, you know, becoming a hippie. But then I came in with these curly hair and I, I'm pretty sure people thought, okay, now she's totally getting the hippie person, you know. I think some people even thought that I just curled them to look more like that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But anyways, you know, I can't believe it took me so many years. I was in my 30s already until I could actually say, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to wear my curls in the way they are full stop and and that's what what means authentic, being authentic to to myself as well what is it how do my actual hair look like you know how does my face look like when i don't wear any makeup and do i still think i'm beautiful when i don't and this is not a you know i'm not saying don't wear makeup do that if you feel good with that um, but once in a while, just start experimenting with what, how, how would it be like if you just wouldn't wear any makeup today? What would happen? Um, what are you uncovering literally or the other way around? What are you covering with the makeup? Is there maybe a part of you that always feels I'm not beautiful, not unless I have this makeup on. And I think that's a really profound thing to find yourself beautiful with all there is. And you might say, yeah, but logically, or if I look at the facts, I'm not as beautiful as X, Y, Z. But what's really interesting for me is I've been seeing so many women that I hugely find attractive, women and men, especially when they're just their authentic selves. And even if they have stuff in their face, like, you know, some, some, you know, like, uh, 
yeah whatever it is you know even if this the skin is not perfect even if the hair is not perfect even if the figure is not perfect perfect in the form of what our you know society means being perfect because i don't believe in that perfection at all anyways but I've seen people who were just their authentic selves and through that they were so amazingly beautiful. No model with perfect hair and perfect makeup could have had that same beauty because that person would just be themselves and would just honestly say what's in their hearts and in their minds. And that's for me walking the authentic path And when it comes to what's my passion and purpose, I strongly believe that finding your passion and purpose ultimately leads, leads you to walk your authentic path. But it's not only about the outside, you know, it's not about the outside looks any only. It's about the things that we say, the kind of voice that we're using, if we are feeling like we can really actually say our truth or if we're holding back if we say the things that are really true to us, if we do the things that are true to us. And, and so many people might say, yeah, but sometimes I really don't know what's authentic, what's really mine. And what I find really interesting is that our body tells us quite clearly what's, what's good for us or not. So it's kind of like we can feel it. We can feel it. Uh, when we are doing something that's authentic to us and when we are doing something that's not. And um, because as you might know, if, you ha if that's the first time you're listening to the podcast, so I'm trying to give some content and some ideas. But also um, the other part is I'd like to do exercises along the way. And so one exercise I would like to do with all of you now in a second is to understand what is it that is a yes and a no internally in our body how does that feel and to really try out starting to speak and understand the voice of our intuition and and understand what it means when it says yes so we can walk our path more authentically over time if that makes sense. And I mean, there's so much more to say about authenticity, but I want to make this um, podcast short and crisp. And if you have more questions on that, if there's something that I haven't covered, please write to me and I'm just gonna make another one about authenticity because basically the whole The whole podcast is anyways about walking you, finding your passion and purpose and walking your authentic path. So it's going to come along the way. Okay, let's close here. Thanks so much. And we'll do an exercise now. So what you can do is already prepare yourself to just find a silent spot where you can just sit for a few minutes to do the exercise and to close your eyes. So if you're in the car or anything, just like find a way to to be in silence, not driving right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... This is one exercise that I found really helpful to 
find a way to connect more with what is authentic to you and what is not. As I said, there is like one of the things that helps you to understand your own shadows and the things you reject about yourselves is people in the outside that trigger you to really ask that question, what's, what are they triggering about me? And the other exercise is really like accessing your own intuition and the voice of your intuition. And for this, I want to use a, a slightly adjusted um, meditation that I took from Christy Marie Sheldon. So if you want to go deeper into yeah, raising your vibration, she's really a great teacher in this. Um, so find a way to sit in a way that is comfortable and that gives you some space. Now take three very deep breaths. Deeply into your nose and out through your mouth. Deeply into your nose and out through your mouth. And start fully arriving with yourself. And wherever you are in your seat, you're just like fully allowing yourself to arrive. Nothing you have to change, nothing to do, just be for a moment with your look inside. And we want to find out when your body says yes. So just think about yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And if you had a closet right in front of you and you open that closet, and this closet is full of yes, yes, yes clothes. What kind of clothes would be in that yes, yes, yes? Yes, yes, yes clothes. And then you put one of these yes, yes, yes clothes on. So what does it feel to be fully in yes? Where do you feel that in your body? What kind of body sensations do you notice when everything is just yes, yes, yes? How does your mood feel like? What's your inner weather? When it's all yes, yes, yes. And if yes would have a color, what kind of color 
would yes be for you? And also, how would yes smell? Or what would yes taste like in your mouth? And bring it all in, no matter if you can access all of these questions. Maybe you only can access one of them. That's totally fine. How does it feel to be fully in yes, yes, yes? And you're going back to the cupboard of clothes and you let go of your yes, yes, yes clothes. And there's another one in front of you that is no, no, no. How does it feel to go into fully no, 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 no. You open that door and you see all these no, no, no clothes. A whole variety of no, no, no clothes in front of you. And you put one of those on. How does no, no, no feel inside of you if you look into your inner weather? What are body reactions that you notice with no, no, no? What's opening, what's contracting in your body when you say no, 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 no? And what color would no, no, no be like? And how does no, no, no smell for you? How does no taste for you? No, no, no. What is it that you observe when you're in no, no, no mode? What's coming up for you? And now you let go of the no, no, no cloth. And you're coming back to yes, yes, yes. Go back to yes, 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 and put on the yes, yes, yes clothes. Ah, how does it feel to be back in yes, yes, yes? What's opening up inside of you?
How do you feel? And yes, yes, yes. Where in the body do you feel and sense? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now let go of the yes, yes, yes clothes. And just take a moment to just be neutrally. And remind yourself again, how was it to be in no mode compared to yes? And if you want to, you can even kind of like just quickly switch from yes, 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 to no. And just notice how it's different in your body when you even do that quickly and go back to yes. Now let go of that. Bring your attention back to your breathing and take three very deep breaths deeply in through your nose and out through your mouth. Now take a last deep in-breath and a slow, long out-breath. And when you hear the end of the gong, slowly open your eyes. So maybe you have noticed that this exercise helped you to access your yes and your no. And maybe it was really hard for you to access that right now. So my experience is at first I had to really do these kinds of exercises more often. And the other experience is that, you know, sometimes it's a good day to do that and sometimes I can't just access it because it's a very intuitive thing and what you saw is we're kind of drawing on the wisdom of our emotions. What's really interesting is we think that you know a factual decision about what we want to do or not has to do with our mind and all the pros and cons but really what's happening throughout our life is our emotions have so much more information that we don't access and this exercise helps us to understand all the information you know to have the full big picture which doesn't mean that you're not using your ratio anymore and your thinking it just means use all the information you have in front of you very often the pro and con list doesn't 100% give us a clear yes or no but when we're 
feeling into it, when we walk into our intuition, we know exactly how a yes or a no feels. And why we're doing this exercise to walk our authentic path is because the yes and the no feel differently. And so is it when you're doing something that is authentic to you and that, you know, is part of your path versus something that doesn't feel right. And so what helped me the most was to gain not only with that exercise but with many ways of practicing to really access how does my body feel like what what's really going on to understand my no much clearer and to feel into no it doesn't feel good to do this right now it doesn't feel good to say this right now sometimes it's as clear as that I can't meet this person right now because it doesn't feel like a yes right now And what's interesting is the more you start to listen to that voice, which is your own voice anyways, the more signs it will give you much easier. It's almost like the moment you say, okay, I'm going to listen to you, it's, it's coming and it's saying, okay, I have so much to tell you. <laughs> I hope this was a helpful exercise for you and let me know what you felt. Let me know what came up for you. And all the best and I'm looking forward to see you next time and it might not be in a week time because I really want to keep this in flow and for me keeping this in flow means that I want to speak to you and with you in moments when I feel it's true and authentic to me not because I have to and because there's an expectation on that and I hope you understand that and I hope Every time I do it, it comes from that space of, of, you know, creativity and from that space of now I'm ready to share something because it feels deeply true to me. All the best and see you soon. Mm -hmm.